Welcome to the Center Point Pentecostal Church Podcast. We hope that this podcast finds you well and that you are ready for a life-changing message from one of our outstanding and anointed ministers. If you like this podcast, please be sure to give us a follow and a five-star review on your favorite podcasting app. Now let's get to today's message. Let's go to the Lord. Go to his word right now. Our opening verse is going to come out of two books of the Bible. The first one is going to be in Psalms chapter 103, verses 1 through 5. And then also Matthew chapter 13 and verse 37. If you have your Bibles, you can follow along or you can follow along on the board with us this morning. Psalms chapter 103 verse 1 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. We can't forget his benefits, church. We can't forget the things that he's already done for us. Forgiveth all thy iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who sanctified thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 37 says, this is Jesus speaking this. He says, he answered and said unto them, he that soweth the good seed is the son of man. While you're putting your Bibles down, why don't we give God a little more praise right now? Lord God, we come to you this morning to worship you, God to magnify you, Jesus, to give you all praise, God. All praise unto heaven, God, is for you and you alone, Lord. Touch this congregation, God. Touch this message. Let it come forth, God. Touch every soul in this place. In Jesus' name, y'all may be seated in the fear of the Lord. Jesus is for the one that soweth good seed. How many of y'all remember your first job ever? Your first real job, right? You remember that? Well, at the age of 14 years old, I got my first summer job. At this time, Hesmer was one of the biggest sweet potato farms, farmer market in central Louisiana. I would like to think that it was the biggest in all of Louisiana. I remember sitting with my friends and we would talk about that if Hesmer had a high school at that time, that the mascot would probably be a sweet potato. And their colors would probably be neon orange with khaki pants. 
So at the age of 14, I decided to ask a local farmer if he needed help over the summer, not knowing the hard work that I would have to put in on this job. They were in planting season and they had people standing on the planter putting seeds on a rotary belt and as it hit the ground, it would plant this seed into the row. Now my job at the age of 14 in the dead hot summer heat, I was to walk behind the tractor and plant by hand where they missed. Now you try and get your teenager to do that today and let me know how that turns out for you. I don't even know why I did it just to get $150 a week. I'm sure today somebody would call child custody or whatever, 14-year-old walking in the field. But we were planting sweet potato seeds, knowing good and well that when it was harvest, we wanted to receive sweet potatoes the purpose of us planting sweet potato seeds were to produce sweet potatoes the outcome of the seed would be the sweet potato now while I was pondering on my first job ever the Lord gave me a title for this morning for this church for everybody here including me the title is, What is Planted Will Grow. What's Planted Will Grow. Keep an eye on what you are planting or what someone else is planting in your life. Everyone here throughout the day, things are being planted into your life. Whether it's good things being planted in your life or whether it's bad things being planted in your life. One of these days, the seed that is being planted will eventually grow. The Bible says in Matthew's chapter 13, where it talks about the weeds and the harvest. The weeds and the wheat can grow in the same field. The weeds in chapter 13 talks about the weeds are all the things in our life that gets us away from God. The weeds get us to struggle. Weeds smother us. Weeds keep us back from the things of God and the will of God. And it keeps us from doing the work of God. Weeds keep us down. Weeds steal and block the sun. S-U-N and also S-O-N out of our lives. Weeds are not pretty. Weeds aren't supposed to be in our field. In other words, they're not supposed to be in our life. Nothing is supposed to hinder us 
from getting to God and staying with God. Weeds can be low self-esteem. Weeds can be loneliness, an idle mind, quick to judge, judgmental spirit, um, um, things that hinder us from getting to God and staying in God's hands. Weeds pull us out of God's hands. Weeds keep us from seeing the blessings that God has for us. Weeds steal life from the harvest. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 25 explains how the weeds get there in the first place. Verse 25 says, While I was sleeping... The enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat. The world is always trying to drop seeds in our lives. And we have to be aware of what's going on around us. We have to stay alert of what the seed might produce. The only thing that should be planting in your life is Jesus Christ. The, the reason the farmer had weeds in his field was because he fell asleep. I'm speaking spiritually, falling asleep. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 6 says, Therefore let us not sleep as do others. Your neighbor might be sleeping on the world. Your neighbor might not be taking notice of what this world is trying to produce in every family's life. But the church, the child of God, the scripture says we ought not be asleep like others. But it says let us watch and stay sober. Let us stay alert of what's going on around us. Now while studying about planting and about these scriptures, this was pointed out to me. In the time of Jesus, there was a certain kind of weed. It's called a zanzoia. And I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but that sounds pretty good to me. A zanzoia. Which looks exactly like wheat right up until the time it begins to grow its head. But by that time, the seed has already spread and it's too late to catch it and stop it. Often we don't catch the weeds until they are true, truly natural growing in our lives. We go about our everyday life doing this and doing that, following what we think is right in the eyes of social, social media and in the eyes of our peers. And we don't really care what is right in the eyes of God. We let the weeds grow and we don't even know that they are growing. 
We don't even know that they are growing until they struck us and we are surprised that they are growing in our lives. And at that time, it is very hard to get them out. The Bible says that we are in the world, but not of the world. This world is not our home. We're only passing through. So don't get comfortable with your, with your surroundings. Don't accept every single thing around you because your neighbor is. You got to protect your family. You got to protect your Holy Ghost. You got to keep yourself right in the eyes of God. You have to work on it. If you walk with God, if you living for God, if you are lazy at it, things will be getting, things will get planted. And they will grow ahead and they will spread a seed among you and also among your family. Know what the word of God is saying and keep it close to your heart. Because the adversary, it says he is a lion, but I'll go a step further. He is also like a farmer and he is planting and he is planting and he is planting. But I come to tell you this morning that there is a greater farmer than the adversary. And that greater former can defeat the adversary every chance that we give him. And that greater former is Jesus. And just like the enemy plants weeds in our lives, Jesus wants to plant wheat. Jesus comes to give us a harvest of blessings, a harvest of mercy, and a harvest of healing. The God that we serve can give us a greater harvest than what the world can produce. Our God that we serve is still greater than anything in this world. He's still more powerful. He's still more bigger. He still can heal you when the doctor says there's no hope. He still can give you blessings when you can't even see your own blessings. The harvest that God has for us is greater than the harvest the world has. God's harvest gets us to heaven, church. God's harvest allows peace and mercy to flow through our lives. The weeds kill us, but the wheat gives us life. John 10 and 10 says, the thief cometh to kill, steal, and destroy, but I've come to give you life, but not just life, but I come to give you life that more abundantly. Beware of what's being planted because it'll either get you to struggle or it'll get you to have the abundant life. Acts chapter 3 and Verse 1 talks about two disciples named Peter and John. And the story says that they were entering into the temple. 
And they got to the gate of the temple. If it was in our time, it would read, they came to the door of the church. And at the door of the church, there was a lame man, which was lame from birth. And he was begging for money. Now, at some point in this lame man's life, himself or somebody... Someone, maybe a family member, maybe a friend, or maybe just a total stranger, but somebody planted the seed that he needed money more than he needed his healing. That it was easier to get a bite to eat than it was for him to get his healing. But Peter and John said, silver and gold have I none. Now, we often get stuck on the silver and gold of life, the silver and gold of the world, and we can miss what God has for us. Let me read that verse for us. Acts chapter 3 and verse 6. It says, Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such that I have I give, to, I give thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and he lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Peter and John wasn't worried about what they didn't have. They didn't have the silver and gold. They didn't have the big bank account. They didn't have the fancy house, the fancy car. They weren't the most popular in the group. They weren't stuck on what they didn't have, but their focus was on what they did have, and what they did have was Jesus, and that Jesus can heal. So plant that in your life. Plant that in other people's lives. Speak about the healing power of God. When you're feeling sick, say, my God can heal me. When a family member needs a touch from God, point them to the master's hand. When the doctor writes up that report and they give all, give up all hope for you. Plant the seed that your God is still able, no matter what's on that paper. Go ahead and drop the seed that your God can heal. Plant that in your life and let it grow. Nourish that thought in your mind. How many of y'all need peace in your life? Come on, we should all raise a hand on that one. I need a little more peace every single day, especially in this chaos world that we're trying to live in. James chapter 3 and verse 18 says, the fruit of the spirit is sowed. It's put there. It's put there on purpose. Somebody put it there. It said the fruit of the the fruit of righteousness is sowed in peace of them that make peace. So in other words, if I want peace in my life, I got to go ahead and give peace out. Luke chapter 6 verse 
31, and I, I say this scripture constantly throughout my week because the flesh rises up sometimes. But Luke chapter 6 and verse 31 says, Do unto others as you would like to do unto them. Treat all like you would like to be treated, but more than that, treat all as God has treated you. You will find peace when you plant peace. You receive peace when you plant peace. You receive peace because you know that your God can give you peace. You know this. You know that your God can. He can speak to your situation. He can speak to your storm. And he can say, peace, be still. Because he's done it in the past. And you read it in his word. And you believe it. And you trust in it. By knowing this, you are planting a good seed in your life. You speak peace into existence. Now, if most of y'all know Kelly Bellgard and you've ever visited her house or saw any of her pictures, it's like you're walking into a greenhouse, almost like a beautiful jungle. Everything is organized and there's plants everywhere. Now, you come to me and my wife's house, man, we kill everything we try and plant. We got them artificial. We, got cat, we had a cactus one time, and I think the cactus died. <laughs> but studies show, and I asked Kelly this if she did, the, she did this, and she said she's not that crazy yet. So that tells me that one day she might do this. But studies show that if you speak to your plants, you will help them grow. Now, that might seem crazy to some of us that don't have a green thumb, but scientists have proved this to be fact. So it got me thinking, church. What if I speak to the seed that I'm planting in my life? If I keep saying that my God is able, my God is willing, my God can do it no matter the circumstance, if I keep speaking it, then that is what's going to grow in my life. But if I walk around constantly saying I'm not good enough, this is a horrible day, I have a horrible life, nobody loves me, then that is what's going to grow in my life. You're either going to grow wheat or you're going to grow weeds. One will smother you and the other one will give you life. How do you think Joseph in the New Testament, how do you think Joseph kept a sound mind? And I want a sound mind every day. And this world is trying to corrupt our mind. This world is trying to keep our minds down and keep our minds burdened. And it's just a constant war in our mind. So how do you think Joseph kept a sound mind? After being trapped by his own brothers, his own family members sold him out. He became a slave. He got lied upon. He was put into prison for many years. You see, how he kept a sound mind, he kept leaning on the dream that God gave him. 
He made sure that it stayed growing in his life. He, he probably said, my God gave me this dream and nobody's going to take it away. We should say, my God gave me this Holy Ghost and nobody's going to take it away. He probably said, my God spoke to me. I heard it straight from God. It didn't come from man. He probably said, if God said it, then God's going to do it. My God is faithful to see it through. He probably said, God is going to make a way even if I don't see a way. My God is going to make a way. He kept telling himself that he is above and not beneath. He kept feeding the good seed that God favored him. And his answer did not come instantly. No, it didn't. We like them instant blessings, them instant prayer answerings. But sometimes it takes a while. Because God didn't just want to save Joseph. If you keep reading the story, God wanted to save all of Joseph's family. Let me say this. What if you living for God... You obeying his word, you getting baptized in Jesus' name, repenting of all of your sin, doing your best to live for God the right way, saves you, but also saves your family. We often think it's about us, but it's not. The bigger picture, it's about everybody else around us. So your reaction how you speak and what's in your heart, all of that matters to the lost and all of that matters to you. If Joseph would have planted doubt in his mind, if he would have constantly had a pity party every single day, then the Bible says that a whole city, a whole group of people, not just his family, would have been died, would have been wiped out because the Bible says that they were about to go into a famine. They weren't going to find any food among them. But because of one man, that planted the good seed in his life. <laughs> he saved himself. He saved his family. And he saved a community. What is God calling us to do today? He's calling us to do exactly that. But we can't do that if we doubt what God can do. We can't do that if we doubting God from using us. If we're constantly saying, well, I don't have the right words. I don't look a certain way. I don't have that certain job. I, I'm not, I, I'm a stay-at-home mom. I don't see people. How can I bring people to church? Well, you have cousins and you have sisters and brothers and you have a mom and you have a dad. You have somebody that you can reach. You see, because Joseph never doubted God's dream that he placed in his life, and he kept making that dream grow every single day. I'm sure Joseph had a bad day. 
I'm sure his day was rough, but he never stopped believing and trusting in God. And the outcome of him planting that seed, it eventually grew and it saved a whole community. That's what we can do today. We can do just that. What you plant is going to grow in your life. Is it possible that we're planting one thing and we're hoping to re reap another? It doesn't work like that, church. You can choose to plant onions in your life. And I can't stand onions. I remember growing up and walking into my grandparents' house, and I thought my grandpa was eating an apple. No, that dude was eating an onion. And I thought it was so disgusting. I'm sure some of y'all do that, and more power to you. But you can choose to plant an onion in your life, and what you're going to get is sourness, bitterness, and tears. Or you can choose to plant peaches and what you're going to get is warm, fuzzy sweetness. You following me? Could it be that we're planting onions and we're trying to pick peaches? And you can't figure out why it's not working. It's not working because you choose to cultivate the wrong thing. It's like Brother Belgard used to say. There's two dogs that are very hungry. And whatever dog you feed the most will be the dog that's the strongest. So if you feed the bad seeds in your life, then that's what's going to overpower everything in your life. So don't expect peaches when you're planting onions. Don't blame the onion seed for not producing peaches. It doesn't work like that, folks. That just doesn't make sense. Don't plant evil and hope for joy. Don't plant sin and hope to have freedom. Because the Bible says sin bounds you. Sin doesn't set you free. Only Jesus sets you free. Every word you speak... You are planting into your life. Every action has a reaction. If you sow discard, you will receive discard. If you show forgiveness, you will receive forgiveness. It might not come from the person you want to forgive you, but I promise you, if you sow forgiveness, you will receive forgiveness from the only God, the great God, Jesus Christ. And when Jesus forgives, he says, I forgive and I forget. It's wiped away. Now, television, internet, social media, Hollywood, and the music industry, all of that is trying to plant weeds in your life. So every single church service, that we have a chance to go to, it counts. It counts for our soul. It counts for our family. Seeds are being planted every single day. So every time these doors are open, 
We need to make our way to God's temple. We have church service tonight at five o'clock. I would love to see every single person in here tonight. I go as far as saying your family is depending on you to make a five o'clock service on Sunday night and also a Wednesday night service at seven o'clock and also a ladies meeting once a month and a men's meeting once a month. All of this counts for your soul because just like the world is planting seeds, you need to let Jesus plant seeds in your life. So every single service counts. Every preach word, we need to learn from it. Every chance we get to worship God, we need to hold nothing back and worship God because the enemy is constantly trying to plant weeds in God's harvest and the only thing that is going to overcome the weeds is you constantly living for God you constantly selling yourself out to Jesus Christ that's the only thing that is going to help us church it's Jesus it's Jesus let me tell you how easy, I wasn't going to put this in here. I actually put it and then I deleted it, but I'm going to go ahead and say it because I think fear got me to delete this, Brother Francois. But, but just a couple weeks ago, let me tell you how easy the world plants seed. We don't even realize it. We don't even notice it at, at times, but, but about a month ago, we went, took my family to Lafayette for my wife's birthday, and we was in this women's dress store. And we picking out, she's picking out dresses, asking us, hey, does this look good? You know, what do you think? And me and my son saying, yes, yes, yes. And in our mind, we wishing, man, we got to go to a different store. But we love, we love the lady of the house. But... When it was time to check out, the cashier was a man. And he checked us out, and, you know, I'm thinking things in my mind, but I'm not saying it. But we get in the car, and as soon as we get in the car, my soon-to-be 10-year-old son, which shouldn't even have to ask this question at 10 years old, shouldn't have to, he says, Dad, why was this man talking like that? So I said, well, you're not old enough, but you are old enough because the world is going to tell you, so I might as well tell you first. So we sat there, and I explained to him that he was making himself talk like that, and that's not the way God planned him to live. But I strongly told him that, hey, we're supposed to love them because if we don't love them, then who will they ever turn to? If we don't show them the love of Jesus, then how will they ever receive the love of Jesus? Then I told him, hate the sin, but love the soul. And he got it. But I shouldn't have to explain this to a 10-year-old. It broke, it broke my heart. But that's the world that we live in. All of this 
chaos and all of this sin and everything that goes against the word of God, it's all around us and it becomes the normal to us. But if we don't notice these things, and I'm not just talking about kids, I'm talking about me as a husband and, and, and y'all as a family. If we don't notice these things, we can easily let these things get planted in our lives. And before you know it, there's weeds growing among the wheat. And at that time, when they start sprouting, it's very hard to get the weeds out. You know, you know what my parents used to do us? We used to make a garden every year. And boy, me and my two sisters, we hated it. Because we were the ones going in there with scissors. This is no joke. Whenever we were mad and we were cutting the grass and weeds out of the garden. Oh, we hated it. It was a punishment. I said it before, I'll say it again. Try to get your teenager boy. Try to, try to get your, your boy to do that today. <laughs> it ain't going to happen. I don't know how they, I don't know how they made me get it, made me do it. But it's very hard to get these weeds out. Because even if you cut them, they're still going to grow back. You have to get to the root of things to kill the wheat. And that's what I want to say this morning. Everybody here loves Jesus. Everybody here wants Jesus in their life and they want their family to, to just be happy. Just have joy as they live on this earth. And they want good things to flow through their life. Well, bad things will happen. But we don't have to react to them bad things. The good seeds that we're planting could conquer the bad things that are happening in our lives. Why don't we stand? I'm closing. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it changes and impacts your life for days to come. If you would like to connect with us further, give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash Centerpoint Pentecostal Church, or just search Centerpoint Pentecostal Church on Facebook. If you would like to join one of our services in person, the service times and address are in the podcast description. Thank you and God bless, and we hope to see you on the next episode.